We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And just like that, we're back. Welcome, everybody, to the Esports Rewind Podcast. Me and Zane here usually breaking down the best and latest in esports and gaming news. Hello. Hola, hola, Jake. Uh, How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Zane? You no, know, I, I can't complain. I think we got some good stories to break down today. So, I hey, I think it's we be usually do. And, uh, you know, with that, I'm just going to read off one comment from last podcast. Thanks to all of you guys who do watch. See, I told you you didn't want to lock it to four comments per episode. Oh, uh, we don't usually yeah. get uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, comments yeah. are here. In there sometimes. Yeah, true, 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 true. But with that being said, the best comment definitely from the last podcast. Longtime news fan here. Just wanted to say I love the content you guys provide. Zan is looking great with that hair. Jake, Thank question you. mark, long neck as always. <laughs> So I, I'm glad that we have some real viewers out there who just love us as the duo. So mm-hmm. uh, with that being said, you ready to break it down this week's yeah, Esports Rewind? let's Rewire? get into it. Let's get it. All right, let's roll with it. All right, Zan, I'm going to slap you with a, a heavy one early on. And uh, it's a story that is, is really not all too surprising, to be honest, because we've seen it time and time again in esports. Mm-hmm. Ninja's racist accusation. I don't know if you had a chance to watch the clip with the yeah, video. Yeah, I did had. actually. Yeah, yeah. So uh, real, if you guys briefly. have, I would give them context and I'll shoot mm. for your first response about this. We've seen a lot of freaking accusations about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Not just this year in 2020, but throughout 2019, a, a lot of our stories revolved around players yeah. Or creators or streamers saying stupid stuff. Every five minutes, it feels like almost. It's, it was yeah. quite literally uh, yeah. almost every week. You could really bank on a story out there of breaking down what you should and should not do as an esports player or streamer. Uh, on top of that, though, Ninja's latest one was, I would say, pretty subtle. Not really picked up by too many things out there because he posted the clip, though, to his own Twitter. For all of you guys who want background details, he was dressed up as a Fortnite-skinned monkey. So everyone in his in his squad was actually dressed up as a monkey. A friend came up that was not a part of their squad and he was you know just waving trying to be all friendly ninja killed him as a sneaky slash devious monkey might you know you can never trust a monkey and then ninja goes never trust a monkey and just a slew of replies and comments about this this is the most racist thing i've ever seen so when you first saw it like what were your thoughts about this i was like uh i saw i I heard the news and ninja's been real he's been very vocal lately, let's say that. I think it's a fair statement. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. And I figured, oh, maybe maybe he said one word too many somewhere. But the clip itself is very innocuous. I, I think a lot of it, this is just what you're going to get when you're somebody as big as Ninja, who does so much to put himself in the spotlight and acts like he's such like... Ninja likes to give off a presentation of being very pure and clean in a lot of ways, very family-friendly. So obviously people are going to target him to say like, oh, yeah, bad ninja, no. Yeah, it's it's super weird to kind of look <clears throat> at it from an outside perspective as mm. he's not near – I mean, he's still obviously 
one of the biggest faces in gaming, but not near as popular as it was probably early 2019, especially oh, throughout that rise not. of Fortnite. I yeah. mean, it was it was unfathomable how popular he got. It's really weird to see yet again, whenever these players go on these rises and all of a sudden they have a little bit of a downfall, how people go from loving and hyping them up to every case you, every mm -hmm. every opportunity they get, they try and tear you down. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I fairly say that Ninja probably goes through that more than most. Although to your point, he's also more vocal than most people who go through downfalls yeah, are. I think he would have way less issues if he just learned how to like, if he just got a, got a third party, Somebody, not him, not his wife, who I know, I know Jess, I know, I know you're his manager, maybe not you, maybe not you for this position. Get a third person to just look at your tweets, his tweets rather, and say, hey, how are people going to respond to this? Because to that it's point, like, yeah. the term monkey is a problematic term. Yeah. We've seen it in gaming and the mm -hmm. community a lot. And it's not, very specifically the term monkey. Yes, yes. And yes. it's never used in an okay way. It's mm. never seen as, oh, that's a that's a good way no, to yeah, use monkey. All, you're always walking the line. You are always you're walking no, the line. You know line. you're poking the bear when you use that type of language. Yeah. I mean, as as innocuous as nothing as the word monkey, you're just you could just be like, oh, but I'm just talking about the animal, but let's be real here, guys. You know our community, esports doesn't take that stuff like. But then really. it's also it's so it's super tough because we've yeah. never seen a game where you can dress up as a monkey. And then, well, I mean, <laughs> in this case, yeah, and then yeah, like you know, yeah. kill someone like kind of like a, like a devious little monkey, maybe betray your trust would. Mm -hmm. So it's it's super weird times, I would say. Uh, you know, obviously, he's not racist, at least in my opinion. There's still going to be people, no matter what, who think he is. Uh, are we are we two for two on this? You don't think Ninja's racist quite yet? Probably not. I don't know. I don't. I don't watch enough Ninja to be sure. <laughs> okay, I, we, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh my gosh! No, you know what? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Next segment. <laughs> he says enough dumb stuff. <laughs> okay, Jake, so I want to talk about something that makes me super, super happy, actually, which is rare. I feel you like know? I very rarely have stories that I'm just like, oh, this is just good. I would say that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't really see you in the, the happy mood with these articles too often, so yeah. I'm excited to see what this is. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, this uh, for those of you who have not heard of the game, it is called Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. It is a fighting game that came out last year, very much on the low end. Uh, was not, didn't get a physical release at all. I'd say it's like, if your top tier Mortal Kombat and everything is like a AAA game, Power Rangers was a $20 downloadable AA game. But what makes the game interesting is that it was made by a former FGC pro. Oh, I did not know that actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy named Clockwork, uh, former Marvel vs. Capcom superstar, amazing player, right? He was the lead combat designer on the game. And they also got a bunch of other really, really smart, really That's like... That's actually really, really cool. Yeah, I don't yeah, think we've dope. often seen pro players go elsewhere when it comes time for game development or at least mm. having a, a voice in a new game. So yeah. honestly, one of the first times you've probably heard about this. A uh -huh. former FGC guy now helped develop the Power Ranger fighting game. Yeah. <laughs> which, albeit, when you just hear the term Power Rangers, a throwback in itself. Mm, oh, absolutely. In the so game. details. You know, what, what, when did he start? You know, what, what else do you, do you know about this? Uh, I don't know when he started with them precisely, but I do know that using his influence as a former pro, he also got in a bunch of other pros to come and, like, give critique and play test and everything. So the big names like Justin Wong and Combo Fiend were all there giving it's their opinions. what you should do. And like, yeah, right? Just think, look. If you get pros, Activision, who know what they're doing, to come and like you know help you make the game, then maybe the game will be really good. And so, it, reviews so far, or uh, well, initial impressions from the community weren't like super glowing. Yeah, because uh, the roster wasn't super small, and it had some like network issues and stuff. But it was yeah. most mostly technical problems. Like the actual fighting game component, most people really really enjoyed it. Um, but and once again, it was only twenty dollars for the game, so yeah. obviously a couple problems here or there. Uh, the good news is though that Hasbro and Lionsgate have announced that they're running their own esports league for the game unlike, in 2020. Unlike? Unlike Smash Brothers. And Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just like... Hasbro, I think, has been doing a, a lot with esports. Have they announced a prize pool for this? Uh, not yet. They just announced that they're going to be... Uh, they haven't... The league hasn't started yet. Mm -hmm. They're going to have league events at other fighting game uh, tournaments. Probably makes sense Yeah, start. yeah. Uh, actually, this is kind of the general pattern for fighting game events, like uh, for the Capcom Pro Tour even. Like they'll say like, oh, we're going to have a Capcom Pro Tour event that just so happens to be hosted at this other fighting game event that would normally happen throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it makes it easy for everybody to make it out. Um, but 
Anyway, it's, I just think it's great that Hasbro, huge company. They are the people. <laughs> Sorry, keep on going. Sorry. They're the people behind Magic the Gathering, Transformers, um, My Little Pony. So, Hype. Yeah, right? Hype. Right? And uh, it's them and Lionsgate, who is the company that owns Power Rangers, I believe, who also, uh, I think they publish films and TV. Yeah, I think I definitely recognize Lionsgate. Yeah, yeah. But this, I, I don't know how much money they're going to be throwing at the game. But I just think it's I would great. Assume not much. Probably a decent but amount. Probably better than most. Yeah. At this yeah, stage yeah. in fighting game community. Uh huh. I'm just, I'm just happy to see like such large brands getting more closely involved. Yeah. Especially with a game that very easily could have just come out and then died. Oh, within yeah. six months. Oh yeah. I think we. I think uh, yeah. The first thing that comes to my mind when you say Power Ranger game would be like mm. it, it, there's always a, a a glass ceiling for how far it could go. Yeah. I unfortunately. Mean, unfortunately, the game doesn't look visually amazing. It yeah. looks more like something out of like 2014 as opposed to 2020. But but it plays great in its progress. Yeah. And maybe towards maybe what other companies publishing or developing should do for their Mm -hmm. own games in the future in terms of providing for them and things that Nintendo are not doing. Uh, My main takeaway would be back to the whole the player testing thing, where you actually have former pros getting involved into the development of the the games. That's super cool because we've talked about how Call of Duty and Activision have really struggled with that. Mm-hmm. And in a recent video, it was actually a Hector Rodriguez podcast with Clayster. And uh, Clayster's point was these COD games are in development usually a couple of years before they come out. Yeah. And they oftentimes are they're not they're not actually having players go and test the games. Mm-hmm. And so we see with Modern Warfare all the issues underlying and Clayster's out there saying, yo, this game's been developing for two years now. Why do you not have players come out and say, Hey, yeah. like test your game and really unveil what could be the underlying issues. Mm-hmm. So to that point, it's super cool. And then and then you added the fact that a, a big companies are now throwing prize pools just for the heck of it. Yeah, just to support it. Even with the, I'm, I don't think this game sold very well. I was gonna say that yeah. probably be your, your motivation for most big companies to push their games esports mm-hmm. wise would be more exposure. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I, at the same time, I would, I'm surprised that they're willing to put their back behind this thing that didn't do very well. Yeah. You know, they were like, they're supporting this thing that didn't necessarily make a splash on the scene or anything. And maybe maybe it's a terrible move. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think the, the saving grace of the game, even though a lot of people didn't like it on release, is that it's a really good fighting game. And that's, that's I think, 100% because of the fact that they had pro player involvement like yeah. from day one. And I hope we see more of that in the future yeah. and mm. outside of FGC as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'd be really cool to see what titles we get, especially as we progress through now the 16 to 24-year-olds. Oh, uh, just wait until five years from now when all the COD pros are like, we're just going to make our own game. Oh, we're just yeah, gonna, we're just gonna, from yeah, Activision yeah, or yeah. In, Infinity and Treyarch, whatever the uh-huh, combination uh-huh. might be. Yeah, that would just that would kill good. Call of Duty. That I would, hate to say it. Good luck yeah. though. That's a that's a freaking empire. Uh, I mean, no, it's, have, it's it's an empire, but it's an empire that has constantly has. But it hasn't. It doesn't, yeah, doesn't matter. But it, it always has people at the door it, with torches and pitchforks Dude, going I, like we, we don't, stop fix it. This is a different topic for a yeah. different time because oh, we absolutely. go on forever about. Yeah, this. yeah, we could have the, the entire podcast. It could just be us talking about, about this. A hundred percent. Yeah, it would be interesting to see. Yeah, definitely interesting mm-hmm. to see how a Power Ranger game does yeah. and how the esports also side of things is going to affect potential sales. And we'll see if it can actually last. Mm-hmm. All right, Zan, this is a follow-up from, I think, actually a couple months ago. We talked about the uh, Chinese incoming social credit scores. Ah, yes, definitely. People probably clicked away right away, but it actually does involve <laughs> gaming for all of you guys listening yeah. out there. Very important. This China is, is a huge gaming market. Very, very important. Yeah. Alongside that, Zan actually showed me articles of J- uh, Japan doing the same thing when mm. it comes time for limiting gamers uh, with their uh, playing time, correct? Yes. And we've actually talked about this a long, long time ago. Uh, We have a video on this as well, where China is trying to pass not only a social credit system, which is coming into play, alongside that, though, some very strict restrictions on minors, that being anyone below the age of 18, and they were heavy restrictions. I unfortunately look up the exact times, but it's like between so-and-so o'clock at night and pretty late on in the morning, you cannot play at all. And it limits, I think, like one to two hours of gameplay per day or even more strenuous than that. It's very, very harsh restrictions when it comes time for 18 and under people um, to actually play video games. Oftentimes, the only time you can actually play for more than a couple of hours in the same day is on uh, like holidays. It was mm-hmm. super, super restrictive, and if you guys want those full details, we do have a video on that. But speaking of which, it's now actually a video I was watching 
about potential precautions and restrictions coming with this Chinese social credit system. Pretty much on a day-to-day basis, what you do over in China affects your social credit score, and that either comes with, if you have a higher credit score, more benefits, and if you have a lower credit score eventually, well, more negative side effects. And uh, in this same video, they actually listed two potential sways to your credit score, which again could be also not only uh, China, but also in Japan, um, one of which was playing too many video games. Mm-hmm. And second of which I think is very important and very, very likely is cheating in video games will affect your social credit score and the way that people in your community see you. I can't wait for China's economy to just crash after they're like, you can't cheat in games anymore. And all of a sudden they realize that they have like the most <laughs> cheaters in the entire yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, right. And then all of a sudden everybody's a criminal or something I mean, like that. <laughs> The first Obviously thing, not everybody. Huge yes. exaggeration. Yeah. Yeah. But, but but yeah, yeah. Even people from China <laughs> have to admit. I mean, uh-huh. we've seen it all across forums in every every game. Yeah. China is a region known for cheaters, and you guys would admit it too. <laughs> and okay, there are other regions as well. North yeah, America probably absolutely. has plenty. Absolutely. But China's definitely known. <laughs> um, and with that, the first thing that comes to my head is is the video game movies out there where like you're walking around and you see people and above their head is like their score that pops up. It's so good. I'm so glad we don't have like AR glasses. Yet. Uh, AR, yeah. I think AR being towards the tail end reality. of our lifespan. But it, I think, yeah. I don't know. My first thought is, wow, that's super interesting. And then you have thoughts about it's how... one word for it, yeah. yeah. And then you have thoughts about how good it could be, beneficial mm-hmm. for the esports and gaming scene, but also how terrifying it is that what you do in the virtual world affects how people will literally act around you in the real world. It's kind of a scary thing to think about. Yeah, I don't think. I think I definitely think the whole social credit score thing escalates things like a little bit too far. Like I don't think if you cheat in a video game that should affect your ability to get a flight out of the country or something, right? True. If the we're two things should about, not be connected. Yeah, if we're talking, yeah. that's a very good point. If we're talking real life repercussions, uh-huh. like even besides like not be able to fly, uh, or maybe it comes down to like, yeah. oh, you cheated in a video game. Yeah, this uh, this dish is going to cost you six bucks, and it's yeah. going to cost someone else right. four. Or like, imagine trying to get an apartment, right? Because they do background <laughs> checks for apartments. Check credit score. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they do. They don't check your actual credit score. You know, yeah, another yeah, country, they yeah, check yeah. your social credit score. They're mm-hmm. like, oh. Saw you cheated. Oh, I saw you were using some uh, some wall hacks. Are you sure you're not going to be trying to wall hack in your apartment? Yeah, because I ain't going to sell you no walls here. That's for sure. Good luck hacking somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, that again, uh-huh. it's a possibility. Yeah. Now we also talked about in that video though there are workarounds. Um, but when it comes time for, uh, we were actually talking about workarounds for the restrictions of gaming times. What oftentimes we've been told by both sources and across all forums is people in the community or residents can actually take other people's identities and log themselves into these games under other people's identities and therefore you bypass the restrictions. Mm. When it comes time for the social credit system, I don't know if that's exactly bypassable. I imagine there are workarounds, but it's probably a bit more restrictive than... It'll probably be a pain, but I think of any community, the best community, the most capable of dodging this issue is definitely the gaming community. Because I'd say I mean, we're, yeah, we're probably the most savvy. Yeah, yeah, the most used to like spending so much time on forums and just finding a solution to an issue. As soon as one person has it figured out, everybody will have it figured out. But uh, like, we'll close on this. Imagine yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the first guy to get caught cheating. Oh yeah, absolutely. And his social credit score just <laughs> drops. Imagine they don't tell people when they when it goes live, and, and they just catch everybody and they, in a net, and they're just like. And all of a sudden, people. Uh-huh. But what? Yeah. What if it solves the issue? Like, what if people are like, it's oh, not worth man. it. Not worth it. I'd rather deal with the cheaters. Really? Yeah. I 100%. I will take the cheaters over the social credit system any day. But I don't cheat, so I'm, I'm thinking, hmm, this could benefit me. You know, it gets oh, rid of yeah. cheaters. It'll they all be- get lower scores. My score gets higher, and I benefit. Well, Is that self? That think, sounds selfish. Think about how I this, take it back. Think about how it could hurt us, though. China has the largest player base for a lot of games. How uh, much of that player base is there because they can cheat, and how many won't play games or will get banned? That is or a will weird argument to off. make for a guy like you, because yeah. I've tried to argue uh-huh. the fact that uh, all these games out there need cases and they need mm. like economies and gambling because mm. players can gamble, and that's there are players out there who only play a game because they can gamble. Now you're trying to argue that we need the cheaters because they are also players. Yeah, see, here, your here's, mindset. Here's, here's the difference in my arguments, up. though. Okay, so loot boxes, right? We see loot boxes have a very clear negative effect on a lot of people in terms of like their actual life, right? I'm talking about actual life repercussions. I would rather have games not have a system in place that potentially leaves people in bad situations. 
on both sides of the fence, right? I would, I'll, I will, okay. I'll be there for the cheaters. Okay. I don't want them to suffer bad life stuff because of the video games, like actual life this stuff. This is a valid counter. Don't want the same for loot boxes. So you are basically mm. your counter to me is that gambling. Yes, they are a player base, but mm. they're also they're negatively impacting their own lives. Yep. As opposed to cheating, yes, they're also a player base, but you can cheat in a video game and it's not going to like you know deteriorate your entire. Yeah, I mean, worst that's case, that's a fair point. It, it, it makes things a little bit worse for the other person inside a video game, but it, then it still stays inside the video. I was game. feeling really confident until you yeah. brought that point into play. <laughs> I love how we can just go off onto a tangent. Oh, yeah, we were talking about yeah. Chinese social credit scores, and now we're <laughs> arguing again. Um, but uh, either way, you guys, of course, you leave your thoughts down below about this. It, it's going to be a wild, wild time these next five to ten years, no matter where we end up, because this still could be a possibility. Mm, fascinating and times. Everything we just talked about could mm. also be a possible road this goes down. Yeah, China. Terrifying. It, it, we don't even. I won't even mention it. Tencent, how they're going to deal with this? God, God knows they'll be behind it. Somehow. I'm, sure, I'm sure Tencent has been in these meetings. I'm oh, sure they've been in sure. every single meeting. Being like, okay, so you're saying that you're going to limit the time, but can our games maybe? Can we get like yeah, exclusive? Can we maybe bypass that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What if? What if companies? <laughs> what, if whoa. Com <laughs> what if companies get timed exclusivity for their games? So you can't play some companies' games past a certain time, okay, but you can play Tencent games. Too, we're getting way too Ooh, deep. But if there was a company yeah. to do that, it yeah, would be Tencent. It would be Tencent because they would pay yeah. so and so many hundreds of millions, uh -huh. and all uh -huh. of a sudden, between the hours of eleven and five, you can't play any other video games besides yeah. Tencent titles. <laughs> The Tencent curfew. Yo, we just figured this, frick, this stuff out. Anyway, we're going to keep it going. All right, next up, Jake. Uh, I know last week we had just talked about esports coming to IMAX theaters. We sure did. Yeah, so we were, you might see esports events at, the, at a movie theater near you. Apparently, you might see esports arenas at a mall near you very soon. Uh, sorry for yeah. that noise, everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's a, you, see, you, sound, you sound very nonplus. I'm, this I'm just trying yeah. to think of the last mall I was in. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I said, I think, okay, so here's what's going on. Allied Esports, who is the uh, the company behind like so much in the esports industry, uh, they they run the HyperX, uh, pardon me, arenas, I believe. And, you know, they basically partnered with the Mall of Georgia in Buford. And the Mall of Georgia yeah, in Buford. Yeah. All Which right. apparently is a big mall in Georgia. It sounds like a hot spot. No, yeah, honestly. <laughs> you a gamer, you probably know a Buford. Yeah, all right. Apparently it's a huge mall though, right? Okay. And they're talking respect. about taking uh, two whole levels. Two whole levels? Yeah, yeah. 13,000 square feet for an esports arena to facilitate both amateur and pro events. Which is really, really interesting to me because, I mean, this would... I feel like a mall is a really good place for this because I don't I don't have a reason to go to the mall most days. Yeah, right. Yeah, I do yeah. most of my shopping online. Um, I go to the mall maybe once or twice a year on Black Friday or for some special occasion like that. Yeah. But like something like this could be really good for the malls because it'll actually bring people like us back through where we can see the other stores and stuff. For sure. And but it would also give esports like not a more much more affordable option because I'm sure just having space in a mall is much cheaper than building out like a, a huge brand arena. new arena yeah. yeah yeah we're hearing how much that's like causing problems for the overwatch scene with them building arenas and stuff yeah right and um I think this could this could just be Georgia's a great place for it I will. I will agree to that. Yeah, because yes. they've got a very burgeoning esports scene and got the Atlanta phase down there now. They got a bunch of other teams. Atlanta Rain. Yeah, yeah. Others as well, I believe. College mm -hmm. programs too. Yeah. Uh, is it sad? The first thing it's going to be sad. The first thing I Go think about it. is like bomb threats and gun violence uh -huh. threats that happen at these events, and uh -huh. all of a sudden you're shut down a whole, an entire mall because some idiot walks in and. Yeah, but I mean, that was going to happen at a mall anyway, if it was going to happen at a mall. Yeah, I would yeah. even know details, though, because I think it becomes more frequent when you attach a gaming event to a mall. It just, mm -hmm. we there are so many stupid people out there who love the attention. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but also, is it like, do you, do you pay to go into it? Because a mall is a pretty wide open scenario, or uh, can bystander just walk in and be like, whoa. They haven't given, like, super, super precise details. But I would if like it, those if, details. It, if it works anything like Allied Esports, other esports venues, because they have multiple throughout the country, you will be able to just go in. And like, by based on their description, they're probably going to have like just merchandise areas, which is smart. Yeah, they're going to have pe areas for people to just go and play esports games. I would assume, like the arena out here in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also an allied esports thing, I think. Okay, and that yeah. also holds events, but it's also mm. mainly for you guys who don't know HyperX yeah. Arena here in Las Vegas. They mm. they kind of have a, a dual take as a place where casuals can go to play games, right. but also they hold events. 
as yeah, well. Yeah, so I think I imagine maybe you'll have to pay for entry on the day that there's like obviously if there's like a huge event, you'll probably have to pay to get into the yeah. event. But you probably want to pay to get into the arena on a default level. I'll say this. Yeah. I don't know how big the arena is here, but thirteen thousand mm. square feet, I don't think it is. That's a lot of square footage. I, for I don't think the one here is thirteen thousand either. I don't think so. It's yeah, actually yeah. relatively small, but it's uh -huh. probably bigger than I think. But I, mm. I wouldn't even want to guess the square footage of that yeah, place because that yeah. probably sounds stupid. <laughs> 13,000 square feet sounds like a gigantic. Right. You compare that to a lot of facilities that these organizations are opening, mm. like 100 Thieves and Liquid in them are, are definitely around 15,000 square feet. So mm. it, it it draws the same reaction IMAX does. We yeah. don't know until we don't know until they operate and how that how that actually works out. We Absolutely. Can, we but can I, speculate. I think this is just I I'm just happy to see this cuz I think I I'm happy that companies are looking ahead to the future when it comes to infrastructure for esports. Because I don't, I, it's definitely not sustainable to keep building like 50 million, 100, 100 million arenas that are just an arena that's just there. That, you know, maybe if, if there's not an event, what is the arena doing? Are people just going to show up to an arena on a Monday and just be like, you know, just normally and casually? Well, that, that's why I worry too, though, because yeah. like during the week, mm -hmm. a mall during the week, during the school year from eight to five, who's going to be going to the mall? To You'd be surprised. You you would be surprised. I mean, I mean, I, I, so I don't, know, I don't know. My mall back home ain't that popping, to be honest. Well, if you if you look around here, because we're we're kind of close to a mall type area, right? Even during the school year, no, during, no, no, like, no, 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 holidays, not from eight to three, no way. It's still it's still packed with people. I'm not saying kids. He's per se. lying for all of you it's guys listening. He is lying. Absolutely, no, this is absolutely true. What do you mean? Yeah, there's. There's tons of people walking around here all the time. We defer. Yeah. Yo, check out our Instagram. I'll post a picture on podcast Yo, day. You show me on, outside on a Tuesday. here, three o'clock on a Tuesday. No. Who is here? We'll go stand out the, by the window. We'll just have like I'm saying, rich mothers got rich kids. Rich mothers are not. Yeah, in school. Do you know how many are homeschooled? Do you know how many people are like you know we got? All this I'm is, saying, you know, there's what? options here. We defer. We defer on that. Here. We'll see how it has, has to work out. Mm -hmm. My last. The thing is this, we don't like, I don't understand why this is a thing. Like does, do sports have this kind of things going around? Like I've never Not, seen a 13,000 square foot facility dedicated to watching the NFL or watching well, MLB. To be fair, this will have like other stuff going on inside of it. Like they'll probably have a nice like bar or something. And like, you know, obviously they're gonna have like standard setups for people to just go and play, but Obviously, the difference with esports is that we're more of like an indoor, concise. Like you don't need I a ton of space for a computer. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I, it's definitely not a thing in other sports. But I could see it working out well for us, just to get more. Because think about how many abandoned malls there are in America. A There's lot, tons. and for a good reason. There's because tons. no one goes in them. Yeah, no one goes Especially to malls between hours of eight and three during the school week during the <laughs> well, school year. Hey, maybe if the, if the arena is smart, what they could do is just do what a lot of businesses do: open at eleven, like eleven a.m. Do take care of like you know admin stuff, business up until like that those hours hours of like two or three when still people get out of rent, school. Bro. Still paying rent. Yeah, yeah, still paying rent, but probably making making their money in some way. I don't know. We'll I see. I think it could work out. We'll find out. Yeah, I don't we'll, think we'll it see. will. We, we'll see. It won't. Yeah. Hey, HyperX Arena here is surviving okay. It's so. surviving. You use yeah. the word surviving. Yeah. I mean, I heard I heard Allies happy with it with how it performed in the last year. I, I'm done arguing. We'll, we'll keep this up and then we'll keep you guys posted on how it goes because we can continue on this for a while. Mm -hmm. And my last topic for today is going to be, uh, well, I was going to actually turn it into, you know, all these organizations moving into PUBG Mobile. We've talked way too much about them. So I wanted to kind of flash something off you. Shoot. And that question would be, and you guys listening as well, what, what game out there do you think supports its creators or its players the most? In terms of what? Do you mean like in terms of like the developers in terms engaging of, with the community? I should have clarified. creators, yeah. So it's not in, term, not in terms of, you know, presenting the best possible game or the best possible content. What game out there provides financially the best for its creators? Like pays them the most? Yeah. Like their content creators. Or creates the most ways to make money. Uh, probably it would have to be Epic, I imagine. I would say either Epic or Digital Extremes. One of the two. Before I get into why you said the yeah. correct answer, what is Digital Extremes? Uh, they're the company that does uh, Warframe. 
and is, they have a nice like reward system for yeah 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 so like if a player makes like a really nice skin for a warframe they have a system in place where like you they'll put it in their game <coughs> on pc at least <coughs> and the player will get like a, a pretty large cut of all the profits from oh really the skin. yeah yeah well that's and nice yeah they're creators they have a creator program that i think the creators gets like some you know some returns from and bunch of like creator icons and stuff in the game. I yeah. guess to get bounced off that, yeah. I think CSGO does a decent job or Valve does a decent mm. job. They do the same thing for their their cases. Uh, community presented skins are on the market all the time and right, they, right. if uh, Valve takes those community made skins, they give them a large cut of the case proceeds, which can be a pretty, mm. uh, pretty, yeah, pretty lucrative. Yeah. 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 But it certainly has to be Epic Games, and I don't think yeah. there's any really comparison in terms of it's not even close. And yeah. that is based off just one fact, that being creator codes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I bounce off a question again off you. When it comes time for creator codes, I, I'm just curious. Like, will anyone else do this kind of thing in the future? And and, and why are they not? Mm. Uh, because I think Epic has done such a great job, especially with the most recent announcement of the Ninja skin. He's the first official Icon series to have his own skin in the game. And with more to come, you have to imagine he probably easily made six figures off that sole day uh, today. This is a week record pre-recorded podcast easily made six figures and going forward is probably making even more than that off his own individual skin besides all of that they update their item store i mean all the time and these creators who can stream or make youtube videos or compete all of their creator codes in a community supporting them which we've never really seen in this level before mm -hmm. and so why are other games like not doing this because if they do let me jump on board i mean it's, it seems to be very lucrative for so many people out there and i've uh, never seen it before i think some others do i wouldn't have them off the top of my head but i do rem recall a couple that have like creator codes for youtubers and stuff like that at really? least yeah um in my mind the reason why other developers may not is because i don't i don't know how many communities are actually down for that especially with how many online communities where like the uh Obviously, each creator is going to have their own individual <coughs> community within a community, right? Yeah. And I think outside of that space, in a lot of other games, what I see is like the game, the community of people that just play the game and just enjoy the game, a lot of them have a lot of, mm, I wouldn't say like hatred, but there's a general distaste for content creators in a lot of other gaming communities. Like constant complaints about, oh, content creator said this and then this happened. Content creator did that. Or why is this content creator trying to act like they know X, Y, Z? You see stuff like that pop up constantly for Overwatch, for uh, for League, for, you know, Destiny even. Like I think hmm. they're, they're probably trying to strike a balance in between not tying themselves too closely to the people who might like represent their game in some weird way? Because in a way, some I guess yeah. that's a, that that is not, that's mm. a nice point. Because then, it's, to some extent, if you have a highly controversial content yeah. creator, yeah, yeah. all of a sudden your game is rewarding that highly controversial uh, person. And the two are like connected. Like let's and, yeah. say let's say so and so from Overwatch or League of Legends, mm. all of a sudden they're bashing the game and 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 people are there's going to be people against them and obviously mm. people for them though and all of a sudden they become known as a trash talker of the game but they're also being rewarded for talking that trash mm. because you're supporting them it it would be a, a weird dynamic and i agree to that 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 point but also when you said like games like league of legends there are so many great creators out there and you can oh, imagine absolutely. like a mo from hunter thieves or pokimane and uh there are scara and the likes again i'm not going to name all of them because it would take all day but you would have to think that if done correctly especially like around world's time and obviously only the winning team gets world skins but they could do so many things because when it comes time for economy of like of mm. in-game skins it's probably fortnite then league of legends like, right yeah who does it best mm. and then smite does a great job too. I, I don't know. I, I I find it curious. Shout out to all five Smite fans out there. <laughs> I just find it very curious that more developers or companies out there aren't trying to do that same angle. And I, I'm very interested at what their main reason would be. Yeah, I'd be curious to hear from an actual dev on that front too. I like mean, what I'm, they're trying to avoid. I'm, I'm definitely I'm glad that they don't because I feel like it'd be it would get annoying real fast if everyone did it. Yeah, it's yeah. already kind of annoying Whoa, with Fortnite yeah. people. That is like because everybody just like their Twitter handle is like Coach Way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's all stuff like that, and I'm like, I don't Hashtag care. Ad. I don't I don't know you, my guy. Like, stop, go away. <laughs> like, and I if if it was everywhere, I just feel like it'd be like five times worse and. <clears throat> It, you, you, we'd, we'd probably hit a bubble real quick where everybody would just have to stop. I think it's super interesting, not only that others have not taken it on, but also mm. the kind of uh, 
the thinking behind Epic Games doing this, because the more you think about it, Fortnite is it's certainly had its gigantic rise. It's still going to be a big game no matter what happens. But mm. during its fall now, you're going to see a lot of people not want to stray away from it, even if they don't enjoy it, because they have so much financially relying on it. Uh-huh. See, and that's 100% of the reason why I think Epic did it in the first place. They get people invested yeah, by yeah. investing into them without even their own money. Like it's, uh-huh. a pro- it's a cut of the proceeds that the people are spending, yep. and you're latching on to your creators and saying, yo, you go somewhere else, there's not codes for you. I mean, there's a reason that Epic Games is doing this right now of all times, where Fortnite is kind of on a slight decline. Where all You're of a so sudden, right. oh, and creator skin. Yeah, hey, huh. you know, creator, promote the promote, promote your new skin to people, and maybe they'll come back to the game and try the skin. And then if they come by the skin, they'll want to play and use the skin, obviously. And now you have it where Ninja's not going to want to stop playing, yeah. uh, even though that is by far and away his main game. But mm. as they slowly release more and more of these creator skins, you're mm. going to see. A giant push at first, and probably, I mean, I don't know how long that push is going to last, you know, Mm -hmm. how long, um, but especially when it comes down to people who are already borderline quitting, but it's definitely going to keep them going for a bit longer. Mm -hmm. And so I think it, I don't know, it's super weird to me that they are so clever. Yeah, just watch them, like, like, say a year from now, they could take some gaming guy or girl who doesn't even play Fortnite and say, hey, we made you a Fortnite skin, come play with us. And then that's just a fresh influx. That's a fresh audience that all of a sudden might be minor, like kind of interested. Like you know, Doctor Disrespect will yeah. eventually get an official skin. There's yeah. already one that looks like him, but it's eventually going to be official. And mm. th- he hates the game. Like he doesn't mm. play it that often. We all know that. Mm. Uh, so I think it's going to be very weird the moves they make. Yeah. And uh, definitely to your point, the timing of this. They've had creator codes since the dawn of time, but especially as of recently with this Icon series, it just makes yeah. sense. But if you think about when they implemented creator codes, Fortnite wasn't that big. But yeah, and then once yeah, they did, and, and then once they did, it blew up, which I'm pretty sure is why they introduced creator codes in the first place. Did we just crack the code to why <laughs> Fortnite was successful? I'm sure it was a big factor. But then why are other games not looking at that and saying, why don't we do it? Is it because it makes a bubble? Well, to be fair, I think a lot of other games don't want to like aggressively push their cash shop in the same way that Fortnite does. Yeah. A lot of other games will be very quiet about like, hey, yeah, we've got our you know microtransactions over here. You're right. You know? Yeah. No, dang. This is it, yeah. Because yeah, like uh-huh. it's it's weird because Epic Games can flaunt their item shop as much as they want, oh, and yeah, you will absolutely. never hear backlash. I try to look like for for art, articles on the website. I try to look through like their Twitter account to find like announcements of like an event or something, and it's all just cash shop stuff. They barely promote in-game events publicly, just cash shop items. And they can release yeah. so many skins. Yeah. Meanwhile, if Smite back to full circle, <laughs> Smite releases like two skins in the same two-week span. Mm. Everyone from the outside is like, what's just freaking high res cashing out here. <laughs> Trying to make money off the community. Meanwhile, Epic Games <laughs> dropped a dozen skins at a time. I don't know. It's wild. Well, Epic yeah. Games is wild. They yeah. seem to be very smart. And we'll see how these whole creator codes affect the game in the long, long term. All right, Jake. Our next topic is going to be a little bit of a weird one, a little bit outside of our ballpark, actually, for both of us. We got, no mean to brag, we got a pretty large ballpark. Yeah, which is why it's wild that this is so far outside of our ballpark. Oh, gosh. It's, it's, it's definitely going to be like, outside of mine. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just super weird, and I don't understand it fully. That's why I wanted to get your opinion on it, you know? Because my opinion sometimes matters. <laughs> so... Complexity, one of the biggest esports orgs in the world. I love complexity. You just okay. <laughs> all right, you started off with a statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's gonna be plenty of people. Oh, that... I'm not saying they're the biggest. I'm saying one of that, uh, one of one of. I, I want you. I, to be... I, I'd say that you can. I'd say that's arguable. Is it as a point? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not according to Forbes. I'm, I'm, but... Hey, I'm not saying. Forbes. I mean, come on. You say complexity, people know who you're talking about. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And they, they, as such, they have teams across a broad variety of games. Weird variety. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let me read you off some examples real quick. I we've got, already know it's going to be we've so got weird. CSGO, FIFA, Rocket League, Fortnite, Madden, Apex, Hearthstone, Clash Royale, Mar- Magic Gathering Arena, and now they have a competitive North American World of Warcraft team. PVE, mind you, not PvP. <laughs> I think, to the point, uh-huh. I I am pretty sure PVE is actually the, the way to go when it comes time for guilds. And wow, mm-hmm. we're probably going to reach some critics out there. 
but I believe that's the most notable of them as PVE guilds and not PVP. I suppose so. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but that list now, now mind you, mm-hmm. to be honest, I didn't know they had teams in all those esports. Yeah, yeah. Neither did I until I looked it up, and I was like, wow, that's a, I knew that's a long CSGO list. and Rocket yeah. League and mm-hmm. those, you know, Fortnite, I guess. But those mm-hmm. are actually some pretty competitive titles. I would yeah, say yeah, a yeah. wide variety of smaller titles, which mm-hmm. is definitely weird. But of the entire list, I was waiting for you to say the weirdest one. Yeah, which is definitely. World of Warcraft. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was very recent. This is a pre-recorded podcast, but that was, what, a day ago or two ago by the time we record this? Yeah, I saw... Actually, I don't think they... They picked the team up last year, actually. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was... So uh, I found out about this a couple days ago because uh, Jason Lake like made some random tweet about World of Warcraft or something. And I was like, let me see what's up here. And it went back to this one guild called Limit, who is the uh, team picked up by Complexity. Yeah. So now they're Complexity-Limit, which is just weird um, from a naming perspective. Um, but I was like, so what, is, what, what does it make sense here? What is, what is the play here for Complexity? How, how are they expecting to profit off of a yeah. World of Warcraft team? Because World of Warcraft doesn't have a lot of events. Not many year. at all. Yeah, yeah. They're not like, you know, they don't have... Too much going I'm on. I'm not going to pretend to know all the events they do have, but mm. it, I can't, it can't be that many. So did you look at the eight yeah, reasons I, I as actually, to why? I actually looked into this quite a bit because I was very curious. Um, so not only is Limit like one of the biggest guilds in World of Warcraft, apparently, they also have a Red Bull sponsorship and a bunch of other stuff, right? We can't even get a Red Bull sponsor. <laughs> Duh, we're making fun of WoW guilds and they got better. Sp- mm-hmm. What the frick? Right? So basically there's like three main events, apparently, the World of Warcraft guilds participate in. There's the uh, Arena World Championships for PvP, which is like 3v3 PvP. Um, and then there's the Mythic Dungeon Invitational, which is like, uh, to my understanding, it's like players running through a dungeon and finishing objectives and teams compete to see who can do it faster. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the Race to World First, which is for is raids it, and stuff. Is that the biggest one? There's definitely... Yeah, as far as... From my understanding, the, the Dungeon Invitational and the Arena World Championships are the two big ones. Okay. Like, they have events for those at BlizzCon, um, apparently. And... Um, <laughs> for real, for real. Too we'll, soon, we'll, get, too we'll, soon. Get, we'll get into that a little bit more in a second, because <laughs> there's, there's drama in the WoW community. Oh, you'd love to see yeah, it. Yeah, right, right? And this is why they got signed. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I'm thinking. But apparently the Race to World First is like a huge event for World of Warcraft. I feel like yeah. if there's any event that I've heard of, it's it's that one. Mm-hmm. And I want to say I've actually heard of the top teams. You know, I think there's one dom- – yeah, we sound so The dumb. dominating one is called Method. Okay, that's what I heard yeah, of. Yeah, I didn't yeah. want to say it too yeah. soon. Yeah, Method was the one that's been like – Method and Limit, is by my understanding – once again, I'm not a WoW person. By my understanding – Pretty sure I put money on Method last time they had this yeah, event, yeah. and I won. Because they always, I'm pretty sure they always use. Well, yeah, they they, the they took they took first for like years, and the, and limit was usually second. Okay. Yeah, um, and Red Method also has a Red Bull like deal apparently. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, yeah, this is such a big event that Limit and a bunch of other guilds like actively like they've got partnerships with like TV networks and everything to broadcast this and Twitch and stuff. What the fuck and am I doing in my life? Yeah, right. It's huge. The things I don't know about are uh-huh. there's so much. There's so much. Yeah, and I'm just here thinking like, oh, this is a bigger community and scene than I thought of from yeah. an esports perspective. Even if it's not directly, you know, in the vein of traditional esports, it is still very. They get huge viewership numbers. Yeah, they get tons of people interested. And honestly, if I was going to pick one of the esports that probably has like the wealthiest fan base, I'd say it's probably World of Warcraft. Yeah, your uh, your uh, money spent per capita or per player is probably pretty high when it comes to WoW, yeah, especially yeah. the players that are still playing. So yeah. I would agree with that. Because it's probably like long-term fans who are at a point in their life where they have disposable income Yeah, and they can afford to drop money on WoW. Um, and anyway, so what just came out literally 30 minutes ago is that Limit will now be hosting their Race the World first event on the 28th of January, I believe, inside of the Complexity GameStop Performance Center. Wow. With a bunch of other guilds also going there. That's very, very, that's very cool. Yeah, Because that yeah. is the one, that's what draws the major viewership. I think oh, most absolutely. of them do stream on Twitch as well, and they'll stream mm. the entire thing. Yeah, inside the Complexity Center. Like to brought bring to all them by eyes. the Complexity HQ or facility? Yeah, yeah. That's a very, very interesting thing, and I hope mm. to God they have the internet capable because you can already, oh man, yeah, uh, the pessimist yeah. in me is like, oh God, 
all the biggest Whoa. all the biggest freaking guilds in the world go down because they're all at the yeah, same right, facility right. and some random small guild is like <laughs> let's go <laughs> i'm sure if there's any place that has like the infrastructure for that it's probably that perform- performance i center. would hope so yeah yeah you would really hope so which uh-huh. by the way isn't gamestop a part of that that yeah. facility yeah it's called the gamestop performance center wow. I Watch think. it all just go downhill, and all of a sudden GameStop <laughs> tanks even harder. Yeah, of yeah, it. right, right. Their stock goes down to like one dollar or something. God dang. Yeah. You know, they definitely. Uh, before you get into your second point, there mm. definitely it makes a lot more sense based off the viewership and the exposure mm. around it. And I'm sure they maybe picked him up for a decent price to keep people in mind as well. Right. When we saw this post just a couple of days back, it was clarification as well. There were other top orgs who were looking mm. into these guilds. Yeah, I think yeah in that original tweet thread. I would have been going through it like it was saying that Limit had chosen Complexity because Complexity made the most sense for them as like a team. Jason Light gave them a speech. Yeah. And that speech apparently had won them over. Uh-huh. It also mentioned there were a, at least a couple other top tier orgs that, right. had, that had offered these guys. Yeah. So I'm wondering what, like, was Liquid out here trying to be like, hey, yo, I can so see it, dude. World of Warcraft Guild come I can, through? You'd have, to, you'd have to think there are other North American orgs. Yeah, probably. So yeah, This Liquid, is a very specifically an NA team. Liquid, maybe Cloud9, maybe yeah. TSN. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I wish the news broke on who, who else was going after these guys and yeah. why all of a sudden this is the move to make. Right, right. And in, in 2020, of all years, like, I looked into it. There aren't a lot of other guilds that are signed to orgs. Yeah. As far as I can tell, Method isn't technically signed to an org. They're just their own thing, chilling. Like, so I don't... But there's definitely also an org method. I think there's a method org in any way, but I know they're not, they're not affiliated yeah, yeah. if they are, so... I don't think so. Yeah, but anyway, so they're going there. And with this Race the World Force first event, apparently they're, like, really grinding. The press release I just read said they're going to be streaming for 16-plus hour days for 10 days. Jesus Christ. Which is, like, wow, my it's God. the most it's... viewership complexity he's going to have yeah, for a long time. Right, right. It's insane. But anyway, to get back to get... A little bit of the drama from the World of Warcraft esports scene, so we can know what's going on there to some extent. Um, at BlizzCon of last year, that being 2019, where there was already a lot of drama around the whole, uh, you know, Hearthstone situation, you know, the rough esports moment. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. that happened last year. That was <laughs> yeah, crazy. Right, right. Apparently, uh, they also Blizzard implied that by buying specific items from the Blizzard store, like some toys. Uh, a portion of those proceeds would go into, uh, tw- the number being 25%, would go to uh, the event prize pool. Now right? we're talking. Now we're talking. That's a very common model, and yeah. especially when it comes time for like PUBG and stuff, we're seeing it more and more frequently. In-game sales, a portion mm-hmm. of that goes to the actual prize pool for the event. Yeah. And traditionally, now we're talking. Traditionally, the company puts in a little bit of their own money, mm-hmm. too. Like, they either match it or they say, oh, we'll match up to a certain amount or X, Y, Z, right? Yeah. Yeah. So here's what Blizzard said. They said, oh, frick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to read you two, two separate statements from Blizzard, and I'm going to tell you what people thought about them, right? For a limited time, every purchase of the Transmorpher Beacon or Lion's Pride and Horde's Might Fireworks, 25% of the proceeds will contribute toward this the year's finals land event prize pool for the Arena World Championship and the Mythic Dungeon Invitational, International, sorry, with a guaranteed minimum prize pool of 500,000 USD, 250K for each event. Your support will help take the WoW Esports prize pool to the next level. They also said, aside from that, a portion of the sales of these toys will contribute to the prize pools of both WoW Esports programs. And so by reading, if you hear that, you assume Blizzard is putting in money, and they're also saying 25% of whatever the audience spends will go to the, towards the event as well. I heard about this controversy. Yeah, yeah. Blizzard's not putting any money in. They didn't put any money in. <laughs> because <laughs> they, they broke the 500K just oh, via yeah. sales, correct? Yeah, the, uh, the community raised $660,000. Which means they raised... They spent four million. Yeah, like yeah, like r- roughly like two point four to two point six million dollars worth of like purchases in the Blizzard store to get that like six hundred sixty k, and then Blizzard was like, "Psych, you hit the five hundred k, so we're not doing anything." Oh my! And this is, I believe, yeah. that's actually an older story, right? Because I think we actually mm. heard about this. Yeah, this was from circle. BlizzCon. Yeah. And it's just oh. like wild to think about, like wow, Blizzard, they could have had an easy, easy way to support the scene. To say, hey, we're doing good things for the scene. This makes me wonder how, because uh, Blizzard also announced that they're bringing back um, StarCraft II and WarCraft III referred, uh, reforged through ESL. And I'm wondering if we're going to see problems there, too, because clearly Blizzard doesn't... 
I mean, if you look at the Overwatch League, it's been a year of Blizzard struggling. choices. We could literally yeah. have a dedicated video of the biggest mistakes that Blizzard has made throughout 2019 and so far 2020. We could just say the biggest mistakes from a developer in esports over the past decade and it would just be a list of what did Blizzard get up to? Blizzard and Activision <laughs> would both be up there. Yeah. I mean, that's for sure. They're the same company now. So I know. I mean, good to good. <laughs> Probably number one yeah. through five. Hey. Uh, but hey, that's that's super cool news. Yeah. And especially when it comes time for the future of like, wow, mm. wow players are now considered. Yes, they've had their esports, but definitely yeah. not that many events. You can now play WoW for a few people out there as mm. the top guild to being signed to tier one organizations. Yeah, I'll be curious to see if any other orgs go after other WoW guilds. And copy complexities move. Yeah, yeah. And if it will be like the top of the top, the Liquids mm. and the Cloud Nines or TSMs. Yeah, I wonder if this means we'll see like a resurgence of World of Warcraft as like a primary game for a lot of people. If Blizzard's not willing to put more into the esports themselves without tricking people, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? We don't know, but we're going to find out sometime yeah, soon. We'll be keeping an eye on it. WoW guilds are now tier one esports. <laughs> and there we have it, there, guys. Um, that was the Esports Rewind podcast. We hope you guys all enjoy. Zan, do you have anything to tell the people? You know, just one or two tiny, teensy, tiny th little things. Kind of important, though. Uh, if you want to listen to the Esports Rewind podcast, that's us, on the go. From here from Esports Talk, you can check us out on the Prediction Esports Talk Show Network. Got the nice little sign here on the desk that is spelled P-R-E-E-D-C. I messed it up. It's a long name. I apologize. That is spelled P-R-E-E-D-I-C-T-I-O-N. Imagine messing Prediction. that up. Prediction. Yeah, right? God, it's like the <laughs> frick, dude. That's yeah, the outro. I'm, I made it like... I think that's the first time you've yeah, actually messed it up. Yeah, normally normally I get it in one. Well, you know, made it pl 30 plus episodes. Yeah, first time for everything, you know? I'm happy it happened. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, you can find our content there as well, along as, some, as, well as some other great esports type podcast. Uh, you can also find all of our content on YouTube for all of you audio listeners out there at Esports Talk. Look us up. We have tons of great esports coverage almost daily. Actually, we are daily. It is kind of wild how much content we put out. Yeah. So, you know, we got stuff for you. Anytime you're in an esports mood, we've got you covered. Also, if you are listening right now and you'd love to sh let us know what you think, you can drop a comment down below or you can hit us up on Twitter at talk underscore esports. You know, we're also on Instagram and Surprise, surprise, we we will be on TikTok very soon. Yeah. Theoretically, as soon as today. Yeah. We start pushing Which content. Which means a week ago. Yeah, yeah. So there should be TikTok content there for you right now. Just look us up, Esports Talk. Um, anything you'd like to say to the good people out there, Jake? Don't judge the TikTok content right away, guys. <laughs> it's, um, it's an expanding social media platform that mm -hmm. we'd like to just give a little twirl. So don't judge. If you want to see more behind-the-scenes content, expect that as well. Expect uh, tons of Jake singing and the uh, the Pokemane dance. There and, will be yeah. a lot of behind-the-scenes uh -huh. stuff coming, guys. We're figuring mm. things out slowly Very but surely. So. Thank you, all of you guys who watch, who leave comments, mm -hmm. who like, who subscribe, who listen to my voice and Zan's voice every <laughs> and Nick's single voice. week. Yeah, yeah. Who's and Nick's voice. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, we yeah, hope you guys yeah. all enjoy. Same day, same time, every single week, the Esports Rewind podcast. We'll be back here uh, next time, okay? All right. Bye-bye. Uh, Bye. <laughs>